Hello there, good afternoon and welcome to Talking Trade. We are live from uh, the old HQ of Electric House where we film this. And uh, what are you up to? Have you got your feet up on the on the dash of the van? Are you relaxing at dinner time? Because at one o'clock it should be time for your sandwiches really, shouldn't it? So um, hopefully you've got your feet up. Let us know what you're up to, what you're working on. And today we are talking about Carpentry and joinery, is it a dying art form on site? So let us know, let us know in the comments, uh, do you think it's a dying art form? Um, have you come across some terrible carpentry or do you pride yourself on being a fantastic carpenter? So let us know in the comments. And another reason that you should uh, comment in is because we have got, you can win a On The Tools hoodie. We're gonna pick a, a winner at random from the comments. You can be wearing one of these around and people will say, hey, On The Tools. So. Um, Get yourselves commenting in and we can win that. We'll pull that at the end of the, the uh, this uh, presentation and we will know who the winner is then. I am joined today by a fantastic guest. I've got Mr. Alex Birch with me, who's a carpenter joiner. How are you, my friend? All right, thank you. What would you, do you class yourself as a carpenter or a joiner or is there a difference? I say joiner. Uh, okay. Uh, there's an argument. As to who's best uh, joiners, obviously, are. Yeah, definitely. Um, so it's like, joiners are like artists, really. It's, it's like an artisan thing. Oh, yeah, it? definitely. Yeah, bit of so. And so, so what sort of work do you do? What type of work do you take on? Um, a lot of it is uh, kitchens, bedrooms, um, a lot of uh, skipping boards, doors, architraves, um, along with the kitchen and bedrooms. I do the bathroom because there's more cabinet work involved in that now than they used to be yeah um you can't leave plumbers alone to do anything with the cabinet and <laughs> no we wouldn't let them near a drill um so sort of carpentry and joinery is the oldest trade i think and ever is it it's sort of mentioned in the bible if you've ever read that book um so so i'll pose the question to you first before we start looking at comments and things do you think that carpentry and joinery is a dying art um changing art maybe I feel it is uh, with new tools and equipment that make things easier to do things. Whereas, you know, in the past you used to have a bit more skill at using hand tools. Now there's a lot more power tools to aid the process and make things a lot more accurate. Okay, so how long, how long have you been sort of working with wood and in the trade? Um, my dad was a carpenter joiner um, and builder. So right from an early age watching him do things and I've always, you know, mimicked my dad. Going out to go out on site with him and things and seeing it. Yeah, I was I was allowed out on site until I crushed his fag packet. <laughs> <laughs> so so that from if you can remember back to those days when you were young and on site compared to now, what do you think has changed in the world of carpentry and joinery, like with um, the, the jobs that people carry out or the techniques or the tools that they might use? Um, materials have changed. You know, back in the past we didn't have things like MDF, um, fast growing timber. Um, you have to adapt to things like that. Um, they cut differently, they operate differently. Yeah, and tools, um, certainly there's, there's a, a lot more tools out there to do different things. The carpenter back in the day might have had a, a tool bag with his handsaw, his planer, yeah. hammer and chisels. No, you need a whole van full of stuff. So what, what, watching your dad in, in the olden days, what are they doing to different jobs? What, you know, with his hand tools, what jobs now are, have replaced that with machines? Is there anything that machines have replaced? Well, uh, CNC look, machines? Yeah. Well, uh, not CNC on site. Um, I think maybe they will. Um, you know, like edge banders and things maybe might get a bit more popular on, on sites. But uh, if you look back at my dad would have, 
planed a, a door with a big jack plane. Now you get your electric plane out, and it's it's done in seconds. What about jointing? And you know, because I'm an electrician, so um, I only cut things up with an axe. So I, 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 I don't know how to use wood at all. But I watch people on site, and I've met some terrible carpenters, um, which just bodge everything, the, the old nail gun brigade, you know, just nailing everything together. And I've worked with like people that you just stand back and go, oh my God, you are genius. You just, just sometimes you work with like genius craftsmen. And especially, I, I, I always say that carpenters and chippies and, and joiners is, is the highest skilled trade because some of the stuff that you produce is amazing, you know, just some of the cuts in, in the joints and stuff. Is, is there tool, more tools available these days than there were in the old days that make you look much better than... A shop saw, definitely. Yeah. If, you, if you're talking about doing a mitre, I remember when I first went to work on site, um, seven-inch skirting board, cut by hand, and trying to hold it there in line and get it accurate and put it up and take it back and paint a bit off the back. Now you just get a chop saw out, put it on the bed, it's it. done. Now electricians, especially, maybe plumbers as well, when they're doing like a, a skirting around a, you know, like a box section, they, I, I think I would mitre it. And I've, done, I've, I've talked about this just now, that I would mitre the, the corners. Now that's not, that's not quite right, is it? External mitres, fine, internally. We'd, a proper carpenter joiner would uh, would do a scribe on the internals rather than a mitre. Okay, so so to an idiot like me, just explain to me what how to describe something. Um, uh, describe something. So you you'd, um, you you put a piece of timber into a corner, straight flat, and then your other piece of timber moulds around the shape of, of the moulding on the timber and, and fits oh. in. If you mitre it internally. Um, it will spread apart and you'll get the gaps and that's where your cork gun comes out. That is an art, that is an art form, isn't it? Near enough. I was reading, um, they're, they're just rebuilding Notre Dame after it, it, it burnt down a couple of years ago. And even the carpenters on that job are using medieval techniques to, to rebuild it. And they had to, they had to put a big um, truss up or, or an archway or something like that. And they didn't, they didn't use cranes or anything. They did it in the olden days where they pulled up with Pulling. ropes. And yeah, do, do you, I know we've got health and safety things, but is, is there anything from the old days that you would like to see back on sites in terms of carpentry? I don't know. Uh, funny enough, I did. A, I worked on Sheffield Cathedral. Um, oh, did a similar thing. There was massive timbers on that, and the only way to have lowered them down was a jock and pulley because we were doing anything, everything internally. Okay. So, uh, but yeah, so it, it's good that people are still doing it that way, and there is. It, it's gonna. It, there's a bit of talent there. To but you told it. people you were just doing it the medieval way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Is there anything that people use on site? I've got something in my mind for this. So I'll see what you say. Is there things on site used, mainly on new builds, I suppose, these days, that is doing away with the old skills of carpentry? So, I don't know, building, building walls, for instance. Um, is there, what materials do they use these days for building walls on new builds? Is there anything else that, yeah. you know... So if, if you're using stud work and you're using metal, you've still got to have some kind of knowledge on the spacings of the timbers, on the size of your plasterboard that's going to be going onto it. And... And everything. So, uh, so there's there's still the knowledge there that you need. Yeah. And the materials will have changed. What about roofing, for instance? Has, has there been a change there over the years? Roofing, yeah, because um, truss roofs are massively popular. Um, whereas a traditional cut roof 
is is less done now, I imagine, than, than a truss roof. You can even you know, attic trusses to give you the, the space inside of a room if you, if you need it. Um, so, so the, the, the trusses, they, they are prefabricated? Yes, yeah. It's uh, engineered and it arrives on site on the back of a lorry and the carpenter makes it up. Puts it, everything's lifted in place. Yeah. But before you would have made them made it on site. Yeah, you'd have to put a purling in, um, put all your rafters, all your cuts, hips, everything in on on site. And and again, there's a lot more knowledge needed for a for a, a roofer to do a cut roof than there is for doing a a, a truss roof. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I've seen some, like I said, I've seen some terrible carpentry. Mainly first fix stuff, I think, is, is the stuff where you see the stuff go wrong. Nail guns, I know Chippy's probably used nail guns, but sometimes when someone doesn't know that the nail comes down from the roof in the wrong place and makes it leak. Um, so in terms of like using your, your different tools and, and nail guns and different carpenters and different you know, levels of trade, what have you, what bad things have you seen on site, you know, in terms of using wood? Have you ever seen any horror stories? You've well spot there, probably. Um, I can't think of anything off, off the top of my head, but nothing that makes you take a photograph and oh, there will be. You will find things that you know people have put in. The, you know, the, does that does that happen often? Um, where you, you, where will, you see something, yeah, you think yeah, you'll, you'll uncover things, yeah. And um, I don't particularly work on site, so I'll, I'll probably uncover something that's been done in the past, and you have to take a step back and go, Ooh. okay. So. I, as an electrician, I see loads of stuff that's terrible, and I just think, crikey, we've got a terrible problem in trades at the moment. But um, like I say, carpentry is an art form. But when you're talking about those um, those skirting boards, what what the material that you use? Is it timber? What's the best thing to use? A lot of it now is MDF. Yeah, um, skirting boards. Uh, the timber is still available. Obviously, if you want something that's stained or varnished. You, you want to use timber. If it's painted, then MDF is the way to go. MDF's good because it doesn't cup like timber does. Um, doesn't hasn't got the shrinkage, um, and you haven't got the knots in it that bleed uh, through the yeah. sap. Well, that's a, an interesting segue into our next guest, who um, is Neil. Neil. Neil was Neil was with us a few weeks ago, and uh, he's going to join us in about five minutes, I think, because he's just getting set up in his workshop or I like to call it a garage. So Neil's going to join us in a minute, and he's going to talk about some skirting boards and MDF and things like that. But we're just going to look at some photographs that uh, some people have sent in just to see what people have seen on site and uh, examples of lovely work and terrible work. What, what, do you, what do you think of that, Alex? It's very nicely done. It's, uh, there's a lot going on there. <laughs> not, not, not to your tastes. I don't, I don't know if I'd have it on my house. It's a bit too much... Uh... Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of detail though. It's very nasty. It's cut. lovely work yeah. though, isn't it? I mean, the, I mean, the yeah. bit I love the most on there is the is the steps. That little sort of um, diamonds they've done on the steps to walk down. That's a little. I thought it's going to, but that's a that's a chop saw, isn't it? That's not a hand saw. That's, oh, done that's that. definitely a chop saw job. That. Yeah. What do you, what's the? Um, do you think that's like a plastic type it of? It does look like a, not too sure. It looks like a composite on the uh, on the anthracite stuff, and then it's a hardwood inlay. Very beautiful. I think that looks like a beautiful job. And that's a nice example of uh, artistic form, I think. Next, we've got something sent in which looks like the worst possible uh, chip shop in the world where you can order something from the window. Nice um, decking lintel there. Yeah, it's a, definitely a do not enter 
premises, that, isn't it? It's uh, <laughs> well, at least health and safety. Purest building and safest. Yeah. They've put a, they've put a nice um, metal fence in front of it, so uh, nobody can go in there. By looks of it, so they're always thinking. So um, yeah, don't don't use decking as lintels, guys. This one's been sent in. I think that's an example of a nice piece of work. I think uh, each family member has got uh, their own door there. By the looks of it, yeah, it's a lovely oak staircase, and uh, it's a job that I've got to do. So uh, would you do something like that? Not for the missus to see. So that's the way you're badgering me to do something similar. <laughs> Keep your shoes under there. Yeah, it's nice though. Nice nice bit of work there. Um, next photograph we've been sent in. Oh, that's come on. It's quality, that. That's, that is genius, uh, isn't it? It is. It's a, it's a superb example of scribing around a toilet. Um, there's a bit of work involved in doing that to get it right. It's, um, I like things that are a bit MacGyver. You remember that program MacGyver when we used to make things and make things work? That is a MacGyver toilet, which, um, which you say about the ventilation. Is good, you shut the door and added ventilation. <laughs> is, it the, is it the right height anyway? Oh, perfect. Yeah. So even though it is a bit of a bodge, actually it's quite genius. So. And you run out of toilet paper, you can shout somebody. <laughs> yeah, they can pass through a little hole. Um, next, we've been sent in an example of this chap's building, what he would call a man cave. Um, that seems to be, that happens quite a lot over the, over the um, sort of lockdown, I suppose, people building stuff in the back. I would call it an escape from the wife ring, but um, do you do much work like that? Uh, very popular at the minute, especially with uh, office people working from home, wanting the extra space in the gardens. Definitely seen an increase of, of these things. Have you got a man cave? Uh, no, I've just got to go and hide in the toilet. <laughs> with a little hole to yeah, open the door. Yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so get yourself some man caves and next up we've got a fantastic example of some work there that is yeah, um, structurally unsound definitely yeah um, the multi-material expanding foam you can use that for absolutely anything yeah I won't worry about uh, getting a cut close to the uh, the wall plate on that one just think that poor customer now has tiles put on top of that and doesn't even know that's something that's a problem with this sort of stuff isn't it you don't know that it's there until you you know, you, you expose it. Yes, hopefully it was put right. Yeah, well, we, I think we've got a photograph of the scaffolding that they used on this job. Oh, yeah. Um, they've built that themselves. Perhaps <laughs> some two before by the looks of it. Bit of spare timber. Yeah, but it looks safe, doesn't it? It looks all right. Uh, I wouldn't go up there. Is there a, I can't see if there's like some cables or something and joining it to the house on the side. Something's tying it up there, but no. You'll go there. But again, MacGyver-esque, you can always uh, build something up. And uh, finally, Dave, a carpenter from Bristol, got the right end of the stick when the guys asked on site if he was into swinging. So um, they, he sent that in, and there he is. There's a Dave there that whilst everybody was taking a photograph. So thank you very much for sending your photographs in there. Um, we just want to see some comments that you've sent in. Uh, maybe we've got some comments to go to uh, to see whether you've come across an art form of carpentry or you've come across any bodges at all, anything that we've got coming in. Uh, please keep your comments coming in. It'd be great to see what you're saying. Anything at the moment, guys? Have we got anything coming in at the moment? Oh, there we go. There's Mike Davis. Thank you very much, Mike. I like your profile picture, sir. That's definitely a commenter with that profile picture, isn't it? Nice, nice set of Irwin chisels. <laughs> chisels. Uh, why change something that works uh, well? Old ways are great. Dovetails have been used for 3,000 years. Egyptians used these in the wooden boxes. So, dovetail, explain to me a, a dovetail. Is that some sort of uh, dovetail, If you imagine, uh, you can tell a nice quality bit of furniture. If you open the drawers and you see a dovetail joint, um, that's difficult to explain. It's a, a <laughs> Name it's in the name, it's a dovetail, so it's like a triangle. It's so, so that, that's what it's a finger lock, yeah, 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 yeah. It makes a corner very strong. 
And that's a yeah. that's a skill, isn't it? To, to do that. It is, yeah. But again, it can be it can be replicated uh, routers, and you can get a dovetail jig to uh, to make it make a dovetail. I remember doing them at college by hand. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've still got a toolbox actually that's made with dovetail joints. Okay. That, uh, yeah, it's nice to see. You can see a properly made kitchen when you open a drawer and see a, a dovetail joint in there. So um, Egyptians used them in the in the. Apparently today, so. according to Dave. Another comment. Another comment coming in from Carl. Uh, Carl says he's bang on about materials. A lot of the finer timber, like oaks. Uh, etc. are too expensive. I mean, bloody oak is expensive isn't it? to source, and they just use cheap, quick-grow pine materials. So, what, what, what do you mean by quick-grow? It means they can plant it and it grows quickly, and then they can sell. Yeah, the, the trees are uh, faster growing. I don't know the, the exact how many years it takes to grow, um, but uh, this is an example of fast-growing timber. Um, camera might not pick it up, but the grains are, are wider apart, so the um, the, the, the tree is. is Grown in faster time to to be cut right. down. So, so if the grains um, wider apart, then the weaker it is. Uh, no, it's still uh, structurally. You can still get a structural grade timber to it. Um, it's carcass and timber. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's the, the you see an older piece of timber. The grains are a lot closer together because the tree is had a, okay. a lot longer time. So when, when Carl's talking about oak. That is the most expensive wood. Yes, yeah, um, yeah. It's it's a precious timber, really. Uh, that's why you see a lot of oak furnitures and oak doors uh, are mainly veneered as opposed to being solid, because to get solid oak timber would be nice to work with. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Nice of yeah. looks lovely. Uh, time for one more comment before we uh, shoot over to Neil. Oh Ben, thank you. You guys are awesome. Thank you, Ben. My Bye brother, you, ben. my brother posing as Ben Tatchell there. <laughs> thank you for your comments, guys. Keep them coming in. Um, it's great to hear from you. It's great to talk to other tradespeople. We're all, we're all in the same boat. We, we, we should all have each other's back. So it's, it's just tell us, you know, what you're doing, where you're working, and what you're up to, and keep commenting so you get a chance to win the old on the tools hoodie. So now we're going to go to Neil, who's waiting in his garage or a workshop, as he calls it. But um, if you look behind him, I'm pretty sure it's his garage, but we, we call it a workshop, Neil. Hello, Neil. How are you, my friend? Hi, Andy. Good to be back. Um, different being on the screen rather than in the studio and sat right back there. Um, so, yeah, while we're on this topic of talking trades, you know, it's when you're going to your suppliers, as you're, if you're a joiner or carpenter, you know, you want to get the best timbers for the jobs. And just sometimes we found in the past going to various different timber yards to pick up skirtings left, right and centre, we're finding that either... They're blunting the blades really quickly. We're cutting in like say two, three rooms of a house doing skirtings. And by the time you've got to the second room, the blades are just done. There's just, you know, you're getting fluffy edges on your mitres and it's just not looking right. But we found recently going to Juicens that the skirtings that they're getting in are just a far, super, I don't know, I don't know what they're putting in them, whether it's like a special, you know, material, they're just mix, getting the mixture right with the MDF and how it's being made, but it's just cutting really smooth. It's great. And at the minute, we're just cutting down some MDF for a customer's house doing some skirting. And we started off with like this profile, this here, which was just like originally an OG piece of skirting. <clears throat> and then what we've done is we've ripped it down because the skirtings in this house are slightly older and they're a lower profile. So they're the old kind of council stuff. 
like council style skirting. So we're basically trimming them down and then we're creating a custom profile because you can't get the profile that this customer wants off the shelf. So we're having to just make it. So we're creating just like a standard chamfered profile. And this piece here is one that we're just making in the shop at the minute. And what it actually is, is a standard 18 mil, 55 mil high, 18 mil thick piece. And we're just literally cutting in a chamfer along the top to go all the way around the rooms in the house. And obviously when we come to pipe work, we don't like to notch things out. And I'm seeing this a lot lately. You're finding that you're going into houses and what's been done previous by someone else is not how you will do it. And a lot of people just end up notching out a section just to tuck it over a pipe. And I think, you know, in this day and age that we're in, finding that there's a lot of households that we're going into and it just used to be like this dying art that people just aren't taking any care and attention into what they're doing they're just bashing skirtings in and just leaving it and that'd be it so what we do is we like to just create custom pieces when we're fitting in rooms whether they be radiator pipes that sit inside slightly lower than the skirtings are going to be able to fit behind so what we do is on this piece here like i was just saying it's just got a chamfer along the front and then the pipe work for the radiator, once it's tucked under, will sit right here. So it's actually quite a nice detail and customers like that. We like that. And, you know, we take pride in what we do. And, you know, I think that it's something that is dying out a little bit. I don't see many people do this kind of stuff on the job. And I think that, you know, it's something that we need to address definitely within like standards that happen within this industry and i think that people should really like focus on these kind of things more than just bashing skirtings out getting things done you know you're not new builds new builds require time not well no so take that back new builds don't require time they're up against time so we've got to get things done quick and with new builds pipe work is in the wall not coming out the ground or you know or tucked even lower and coming out the wall so Stuff like this is really detailed work and we really enjoy doing it. And, you know, we take pride in what we do at Engrain Custom Woodwork. Just chuck that in there. So, yeah, I mean, you know, like I say, Juicers have produced some real good stuff recently. We've been really happy with the products that they're producing and we'll continue to go there as long as it's not blunting the blades. So, yeah, we're really happy with it. And, you know, I think there's probably a lot of tradies that are going to be watching this show today and they're going to be thinking, well, actually, you know what? Give it a try. See what's going on. I mean, don't take my word for it. Go check it out. But um, we've definitely been really happy with it. It's cutting really nice. We're getting some nice glass cut finishes on the edges, on the returns, on the mitres. There's barely any margin of error with it or anything. So, yeah, really, really happy with it. Definitely one to check out. And um, like I say, good to be on the show. Cheers for having me again, and um, I'll see you guys soon. Take care. <laughs> Thank you very much, Neil. I like the little uh, sign-off there. Thanks for that, mate. Good to see you. What, so, Neil, we'll talk about MDF there, and we were talking about different types of timber. What's happening at the moment with um, the supply of timber, the price of timber? It's going a bit crazy, isn't it? Prices have gone sky high. Um, I don't know what the reasons are for that. It's all political, I, I assume. Um, people are blaming Brexit. People are blaming coronavirus with factory shutting down and then having to start back up again. I don't know what the answers are, but I do know that prices are. How much has it risen, do you think? Uh, again, I haven't got exact figures, but I'd say I'm probably paying 30 40% more than I was Jeez. before. That's crazy. On, on some things. Are you, are you struggling to get hold of stuff? Um, I've been reasonably lucky so far. Um, I can get hold of most things. Um, 
I've got a good supplier that I get stuff off. Um, so I've, I've been quite lucky. Some things I've had to probably oversize and then cut down to the size that I want. But uh, yeah. it was in the, it hit the news yesterday, and um, the, 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 in the news it said the Construction Leadership Council. That sounds uh, very official, doesn't it? Um, they have warned that cement, some electrical components timber, steel and paint are all in short supply and they've blamed unprecedented levels of demand. They love that word, don't they now? Unprecedented. Um, and set to continue. And they're saying, the answer to your question, you wonder why, is the warmer winter is, has affected timber production in Scandinavia, whilst the cold winter in uh, Texas has affected the production of chemicals, plastics and polymer. So um, there's your answer to that question. Yeah. Apparently it's something to do with a bit. But I think also... Um, in the lockdown and when people are working at home, I think people have just done a lot of work. They've, they've, they've gone a lot, bought, uh, bought a lot of materials. Apparently, um, the average delivery time for a shed is 16 weeks now. So you, if you can, if you want a shed, you've got, you've got to wait a little bit of time. And um, home base, in fact, were, were saying that their wood clamps, the sale of wood clamps have risen by 68% compared to a year ago. So can't have too many wood clamps, I don't think. Huh. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so is it, do you think it's lockdown, people have gone crazy, they're buying everything, or has everybody just managed to get loads of money and they're, they're building stuff? Or Certainly certainly, there's a lot more work out there, which uh, which has probably come about from people sitting at home and getting a bit of an argument going on, saying that job needs doing, oh, get somebody in then. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, a bit of extra money to spare from not going on holiday. Uh, yeah, so yeah, yeah, building stuff, building a man cave. Um, apparently, there's a, been a massive rise in demand for outdoor spaces, pergolas, and do you do things like that? I, 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 I must admit, no, I don't really. I, I've seen quite a few lovely examples of. Um, so, yeah. What, what, to get the art form back, if, if we need to be, what do, what do you think the answer is? It to, to get all chippies working if they need to at the same level of that beautiful sort of artistic talent. Well, I think education on, on bringing new people into it is it would be excellent you know having the new people coming in and going through the colleges the correct training um hopefully there's still the correct people there to give that training to yeah. them so that they can... but youngins don't want to do it do they why don't youngins want to come into trades anymore do you think i don't know um i, th I think a lot of people see there's a, there's a you know a culture of being online and uh, being a YouTuber, yeah, yeah. you know, it's all very popular. An influencer, they call yeah, it. Yeah, an influencer, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, not, it's not so cool, is it, to be out on site? Getting, no, we, need, we definitely need to do something um, about apprentices. So still keep your comments coming in about uh, is the f artistic form of carpentry and joinery, is it lost? But now we're going to move to our uh, segment, which is called Ask Ali. <laughs> That is, I still, that photograph, that painting still gives me nightmares and nighttime. If you were going to come up with a cartoon character that is a, like a crazy murderer or something, you would use that, <laughs> that picture. So um, if anybody wants that picture to use as a crazy person in a cartoon, please come and see us and we can let you have it. So Ask Andy is our feature that we do at the end of this show where you can ask any question. It might be related to trades, it might be related to something to do with your job or something in your own life that you might need a bit of help with or just any old question that you can ask us and we can answer the question. A bit, a bit like agony aunts, I suppose, agony uncles that um, me and Alex will be for you. 
And so we'll look at our first question that's been sent in from Ed. Uh, not quite sure how to pronounce your surname there. Where at? Oh, where are we at? Something like that. Uh, do forgive me, Ed, if I've pronounced that wrong. Uh, Ed wants to know, and you'll be the perfect person to answer this question, does anybody cut a roof these days? Yeah, I think uh, I think a cut roof's still done. Uh, not as not as often as a as a uh, truss roof, but yeah, certainly. And you'll probably very often see RSJs supporting purlins, um, under ridges um, to do that. And it's moved on a little bit, but they are still used. Yeah. Is it how hard a job is it to to cut roofs? Is it all, all about the angles? Uh, yeah, yeah. Getting, I mean, there's um, there's various ways of doing it. Um, I was taught a way of, of setting three saw benches on the ground and getting my angles, getting my, uh, my bird's mouth cut. So I do it that way. But um, it's, I think it's an American way of using a builder's square, um, a, a roofing square, um, to get all your angles. Um, bird's mouth cut. Is that like a dovetail? Yeah, the bird's mouth cut is where it meets the uh, where it meets the wall plate. So it's, yeah, ah. so it looks like a bird's mouth cut. But yeah. okay, are you using bird mouth cuts? Please tell us. Hopefully, uh, they're doing a roof. Yeah, so 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 people are still cutting roofs, but yeah, on but new builds they're using a lot them. easier to on a new build to a site to put a truss roof up. Yeah. Okay, hope that answers your question there. Um, next question we have got is from Carl, who is in Australia. Carl, thank you so much for watching. Carl says, here in Australia, we are 100% losing the art of carpentry and drawing for sure. The trade has been broken down into framers, finishers, <laughs> bugger all joinery. Um, I guess a, a framer must be an Australian term for, yeah, for, for the, a fixer. A lot of the, yeah, well, framing, a lot of their houses are built of, of a timber frame. Um, so, yeah, it's... The frame is yeah, yeah. a bit more popular again in America as well. But yeah, I think one of my friends moved to Australia, and I think a lot of their culture is they knock down and rebuild rather than renovate. So it's, they're built a bit cheaper. So I, I think I think yeah, there is a bit of that over there that the trades a bit lost. Hopefully this country, we don't have that because we, we tend to look after the our older properties, you know, the old. Yeah, properties. So hopefully in this country we won't get to that. Yeah, yeah. when you've got to go through listed buildings, that's a, yeah, that's a pain. That's right. Um, I've got a couple of questions that were sent in in the week here. Alex Hollynot wants to know, and again, you'll be the perfect uh, person to answer this because you've already told me this before we came on air. He wants to know how easy it is to take on an apprentice, a carpenter apprentice, and if you get any help from the government with it. Yes, I've uh, just took on, uh, or in process of taking on, a new apprentice. Um, I went through the uh, local college. Um, they do a lot of the work for you, so they can advertise the position. Um, uh, they'll do interviews. Um, they set a couple of tests for the lad uh, that I'm taking on. So he's got to do a maths test, an English test, just to make sure that he's working at the right standard. Um, it's within the college's interest as well because they're paying the tuition fees for a two-year course, which I think is around about £11,000. Okay. Um, that's for somebody from 18 to, to uh, 16 to so, 19. So the best way is to approach your local college uh, and they will do yeah, all the legwork for you? Yeah, they will do, yeah. Approach a good construction college. It's yeah. near you, they will. Do you think it's easy to find young kids that want to do it? Or do, or, or do they want to be influencers, all of them? Um, the, the lad that I've got, uh, he's very keen, so touch wood. He'll, uh, he'll, he'll progress. Yeah. Um, I think there is a, a certain aspect of kids not knowing what they want to do when they leave school. I think I was one of those. Um, I was in a fortunate position. I was able to go and work for my dad yeah, yeah. And, and learn through that way. So, uh, so yeah, but it's uh, getting 
past the, the, the hardship of, of being an apprentice, being down there, but eventually you will build yourself up. And, and yeah. yeah, brilliant. I knew you'd answer that question, Mark. And finally, um, Anonymous says, don't use his name, asks how <laughs> to lie his way out of hitting the boss's van. He's reversed into a pillar, scratching and denting the back panel, and doesn't want to admit to his boss that he's dented it. Well, I guess the first bit of advice is, don't go on a live Facebook show and ask yeah. how to like come anonymous. on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know if you've got any advice for that, how to get well, out of there. Again, I did it to my dad's van. Yeah. Um, I was sent down to the chip shop on a Friday to get everybody's chips, and, yeah, I did it. But, uh, fortunately, my dad also did it the week after me. So oh, there you go. So we blinked in for that. <laughs> Say someone drove it to you at the wholesale. Yeah, probably exactly just it. admit to it. It's probably the best thing because we, um, we've all got insurance on our hands. Uh, so that brings us to the end of our Ask Andy section. Thank you for sending your questions in. So now it brings us on to our competition. Who has won the famous hoodie? And here we go. The winner is... Oh, it's Mike Davis. Well done, Mike. You've won the hoodie. Mike, if you're still listening, please will you message us on the page and let us know your address and also your size hoodie that you need us to send out. We'll get that sent out to you straight away. Um, just one more thing. Uh, you work with uh, Band of Builders, a fantastic organization helping people that need some help on their houses. Uh, any projects you've just worked on or anything coming up? Uh, I've just worked on a, a little project uh, for, a, for a girl called Hayley, just helping her get back home. Um, she's end of life. She just wants to get back home and enjoy okay. the last time she's got. Uh, and I've just worked on uh, Rob's project, which was in Solihull, which was uh, covered by On the Tools. Yeah, I've seen that. Um, Fantastic. Which, yeah, must be, a, must be a great feeling to be a part of that and work on it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely fantastic. It was a, it was a, it was a big job to be involved in. Um, come the last sort of couple of days, looking around, seeing. Thinking it ain't going to get done, yeah. but it, it did. Um, and and seeing him come back home, just yeah. Okay, and if um, tradespeople are watching this, can they get involved with their projects? Yes, yes. Uh, find Band of Builders on Facebook. Um, I think they're on Twitter um, and all other platforms. But uh, yeah, so just have a look at uh, Band of Builders on Facebook. Get involved. Brilliant. Brilliant. So, yeah, if you want to help out with something like that, find the Band of Builders on Facebook and they're always putting out calls for helps, maybe in your area and if they need some tradespeople. So that brings us to the end of this week. Thank you so much for tuning in and watching, if you've got this far. Thank you so much to the team that are behind the scenes that you don't see, which is Libby, Sam, uh, James, Jordan, best person ever. Thank you very much, Jordan and Leah and Margaret. Thank you so much for helping us. And next time, we'll be talking about that uh, van theft in trades because that seems to be a terrible thing. That's all we hear is our tools being nicked from our mates' vans. So we'll be talking about it. So if you've got any stories about that, please get in touch. Thanks for now, and we'll see you next time. Cheerio. Cheerio.